Hey, Drew Dixon back with you for another Bible Thump, and we're in First Peter, and I'm going to jump in and hopefully encourage you a little bit from, from, from the Bible. That's what we do here. Uh, and so uh, let's read. Let's read a little bit. I'm going to start in verse 9 of chapter 2. So First Peter 2, starting in verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as strangers and exiles to abstain from sinful desires that wage war against the soul. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day, of the day he visits. Submit to every human authority because, the Lord, uh, because of the Lord, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to the governor as those sent out by him to punish those who do what is evil and to praise those who do what is good. For it is God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. Submit as free people, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but as God's slaves. Honor everyone. Love the brothers and sisters. Fear God. Honor the emperor. All right, so what's going on here in First Peter uh, 2? Uh, well, a lot. Uh, Peter, if you remember last week, we kind of focused in on who who you are. And that, we've been talking a lot about that because Peter has a lot to say about who we are in Jesus as followers of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, Peter's saying God has, through the gospel, has given you, through the and when I say gospel, I mean the good news about Jesus. So through the good news about Jesus that you've received, that you've um, not just received in the sense that we've heard it, but that like we've embraced this good news as if it's good news for us, as if it's good news that has changed us, has changed the world, good news by which, such good news that the world will never be the same, and certainly we will never be the same because we've embraced this kind of good news. Um, think of it like good news that, um, like this isn't even fair, but but like good news that you find out you're pregnant, or good news that you um, found out that you got you know, this job that's going to dramatically change your income um, so that you'll be able to get out of poverty and take care of yourself and your family. Um, it's that kind of good news. It's the kind of good news that, like, things are going to change, but on a whole other level, right? On a whole other level because it's it's cosmically good news. It's good news on a level that is... Um, massive. That is huge. Um, so let's just do a quick reminder of who Peter says we are, you are, I am, Father Jesus are. Um, you are, he says, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Um, priests had a very beautiful and dignified task um, to to represent the worship of God's people to God, to represent God's people to him, to um, bridge the gap, as it were, between broken people and a holy God. Uh, you're a holy nation. You're called to be a part of a people that is set apart. That's what the word holy means, that you're set apart, that you're um, dedicated for special use to God, that God has a special dignified purpose and mission and that he's sharing with you, that he's entrusting to you, and that he's entrusting to me, that's he, that, by the way, that he's entrusting to us communally, collectively. We're not called to do this life on our own. I said last week there's no... There are no Lone Ranger Christians. Every Christian who comes to faith in Jesus is then called to live that faith out in the context of community, of relationships, of friendships, of people who we walk alongside and raise up, and people who walk alongside us and raise us up and help us um, to see, to catch a vision of what it looks like to follow to follow Jesus. Um, 
You're a holy royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. You're those who have been called out of darkness and into and into God's light. You're God's people. Um, we're His possession. We belong to Him. Um, and think about this, like, uh, what do you do, generally speaking, now some of us are different than others, but what do you do, generally speaking, with your possessions? I know some of you, like, um, drop your phone all the time or um, never know where your keys are or, uh, <laughs> like, um, spill things all... Ah, that's my problem sometimes. I spill stuff all over my clothes because I'm clumsy. Um, but generally speaking, we take care of things that we own that belong to us. Think about this. Like, even something that's not that important to you, if you see your... If it's, if it's mildly important to you and you see your like toddler child playing with it, you're like, hey, give that back. Because you know that they're, as a toddler, like there's a good chance that they're going to break that thing. And so, um, so yeah, uh, we take care of the things that belong to us. Uh, we watch them, we protect them, we guard them. And you and I belong to God. He's going to take care of us. He's going to shepherd us. He's with us. Um, so you're God's people. You have received mercy, he says. He calls us strangers and exiles, meaning that that this world as we currently experience it is not our home. It's not to say that this world doesn't matter. The Bible places great value on this world, but this world as we're currently experiencing it is broken. It's shattered by sin. And there's coming a day when it's going to be redeemed and made new and made better and healed of all of its brokenness. And so, um, so yeah, we're exiles and strangers because this world in terms of our present experience of it is not is not the final is not the end of the story for us. All right. Um so that's who 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 we are. But it's also important to remember who we were. He says once you were not a people, once you had not received mercy, but now you have. Previously in in chapter 2 he said therefore rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, all slander. So it's implied that apart from Jesus that's kind of the world we camp out in. And by the way, he's writing this, these things to followers of Jesus. So he's saying right now, you need to work on getting rid of envy, slander, hypocrisy, um, malice, deceit. So there's this implication that even now, that's part of who we currently are too. Like we haven't thrown off these selfish desires completely. And so that's kind of encouraging because it says to me that like um, we're all works in progress, right? And the fact that we might still need to shed off some of these kinds of real, like, selfish attitudes and behaviors that harm our neighbors tells me that, like, God's not done with me, God's not done with you. Um, and the fact that these things um, might be present in our hearts and lives on some level is not evidence that God's given up on us or that we're outside his kingdom or that we're not invited or that we don't get to be a part. Um, people who do these things um, are still invited but they're invited in such a way that you're we're to, to remember who we are and, and step into that, step into who God has called us to be, um, step into who we are in Christ uh, more deeply and more firmly and let go of these attitudes and behaviors that are harmful to us and to others. Um, so in light of that, what should we then do? What should we do? So we know who we are, who we were, what do we do now? Well, Peter says, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, sincerely from a pure heart. Um, in other words, uh, love other people in a way that's not about us. So often we love people to get ahead, We or we love people to get ahead. Like we love people because we think they can give something back to us in return, or because of how it'll make us look to the communities in which we operate. 
we think showing kindness, showing love to other people will make us look good, will get us ahead. Um, that's not the kind of love we're called to. We're called to love sincerely from a pure heart, love that actually strives to set aside my desires and wants and needs and elevate the loves of others. I have a friend who says um, in Christianity we don't, in, in following Christ we don't uh, pursue greatness by, by um, ascending, but we, uh, we achieve greatness by descending. Do you see what I mean? Like we descend to serve others. We come down to, to meet people where they're at to serve them. Um, that's how you're truly great in the kingdom of God, not by ascending and by elevating yourselves over other people. Um, but Peter also says things like rid yourselves of malice. And see, we talked about that. He also says things like um, submit to covering authorities that we just read. He says things like long for the pure milk of the word. He says things like as the one who called you is holy, so you too be holy in all your conduct. You see, Peter says we are set apart in Christ but now he's calling us to embrace that reality of ourselves and live like we really are set-apart people, like we really are gospel-shaped people, like we really are those who long for the pure milk of the word. Which, by the way, that command to long for the pure milk of the word, that word, uh, that phrase is actually like wordly, wordly milk, not worldly milk, but wordly milk. And the idea is that we would long for the things that sustain us um, from this word that's been proclaimed to us, this the truth of the gospel, the the message about Jesus, the message of who he is, the message of what he did for us on the cross and in his resurrection, but also how he operated, how he lived. I want more of Jesus' life, not just his death and resurrection, yes, that, but I want more of Jesus' life to invade my life. I want more of how he envisioned the kingdom of God to be expressed in how I do life and how I create community and how I build my family and how I build relationships. I want all those things to be shaped by the kind of kingdom Jesus envisioned and established on earth in his earthly ministry. So I want to be more like Jesus, right? So how do we do that? Peter wants his readers to do three things, I think. Remember who they were so that they might celebrate God's grace more deeply. Remember who you were, who you once were, so you might celebrate God's grace more deeply. And then secondly, acknowledge who they are. Who are we now in Jesus so that, they, so that we might see our value to God? Also that so we might, so, so, so we know he doesn't hate us. He's not against us. He's on our side. Like he's in our corner. He wants good for us. He's moving and acting for our flourishing. God wants you to flourish and wants you to see your importance and value, but then also that we might see our importance and value to one another, that we would see ourselves as having something to offer, something to give, like God wants you to make the lives of the people around you better, fuller, uh, more fulfilling, uh, richer, deeper, better. Do you see yourself as someone who has the value to make your children's lives better? You probably do see that. But what about your spouse? What about your friends? What about your coworkers? Do you see yourself as something as someone who has something to offer them to make their lives richer, fuller, more connected to God's intention for them. There are no little people. There are no little places. It doesn't matter where you are, what you do. It doesn't matter um, your background. It doesn't matter your le- your income level or the number of followers you have on social media. Like Those things don't matter. You have value, and God has Um, designed you to make an impact right where you are for his name, for his kingdom, for his glory, and for the good, for the good of your neighbor, for the good of the world, right?
you have something to give. I hope, I hope that you see that. And then thirdly, um, connected to that is, is that I think Peter wants to see our potential to impact the world. So, so we need to acknowledge our value to God, um, our importance to one another, and our potential to impact the world. Now that last one might seem kind of like scary or weird because it's like impact the world. Like really you think I have the potential to make the world a better place to like um, impact the world as a whole. Like I can barely like impact my, my kids or my neighbor or my friend. I can barely make a difference in their life. How am I supposed to make a difference in the world? Um, well, yes, that does seem hard, but um, here's what we do. Here, here's how we get started um, stepping into that. Start by loving your fellow Jesus followers. Peter told One of the first things Peter told Christians in Asia Minor was to love each other sincerely from a pure heart. If you find it difficult to love other people, like the people closest to you, fellow followers of Jesus, you're probably going to struggle to love anyone else very well. But start there. Ask God to help you love them better, more sincerely, uh, more selflessly. That's a good place to start. And doing that does have an impact on the world. Um, and then, secondly, fight those selfish and sinful desires, the things he tells us to put away. Dep uh, hypocrisy, envy, slander. Ask God to help you see the genuineness of your faith. Ask God to help you see the, your posture toward other people. What is your posture towards your neighbor? What is your posture towards your coworkers? Do you, um, do you see them as objects that can help you get ahead? Or do you see them as people worth, worthy of your love and attention and respect and kindness, worthy of your service? It's a great place to start as well. And then another thing he tells us here, and we'll get into this more next week, but like submit <laughs> to authorities. Submit to the authorities, the governing authorities God has placed in your life. Um, he's going to tell us to live honorably among the Gentiles, um, to abstain, abstain from sinful desires that wage war against our soul and conduct ourselves honorably among the Gentiles. He's saying, he's saying live an honorable, just um, life of kindness amongst your neighbors. So like, just be a decent person. <laughs> That's really kind of what he's saying. Like, be a decent person so that when people look at you um, and they know that you're a Christ follower, you would actually point them to Jesus because you're embracing and embodying the kind of life um, that Jesus did. I know so many um, Christians, sadly, uh, who like have this very prideful posture that like they're always comparing themselves against the world. Like they're always looking at um, other people and being like, "Well, you you don't have my politics and you don't have my uh, my moral code," and like I'm a Christian, so I think this, and all Christians should think this, and they have sort of have this very judgmental posture. Um, I don't think that's what Peter's talking about. He says, live honorably among them. Like, you don't have to separate yourself from the world. Like, by yourself. Don't mishear me. Like, you don't, ha what I'm saying is, is like, if you follow Jesus, that will naturally happen. You don't have to make it happen with your own, like, extra effort of, like, defining yourself against the world. Like, here's how different I am from the world. Like, if you really are following Jesus and embodying the kind of love that he embodied in his daily life, like you don't have to go that extra mile. Like it's going to happen already. You'll look different. You'll look distinct. 
we all, it's super easy. Every, it, it comes very naturally to us to be prideful and to be selfish. So if you really make the effort to elevate the needs of the people around you, especially the needs of people who really are needy, um, you'll, you'll look drastically different from the world. You don't have to create persecution. You don't have to create uh, this distinction. Um, it'll happen. Does that make sense? So stop trying to force it. Take some really simple steps. Want to impact the world for Jesus? Do some really simple things. Love the people around you. Love other believers. Uh, acknowledge and fight these selfish desires that so often drive us and that drive a wedge between us and God and us and other people. And then finally, um, ask God to help you just live an honorable life. To be holy as he is holy in part just means to be a decent person to acknowledge the impact of your words and actions on others and to um, embody the love of Jesus in the world for the good of the world and for the glory of God. Make sense? If it doesn't, hopefully it will next week. All right. Thanks for your time. We'll see you again next week.